Welcome to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church. I'm Scott Dabb. If you are new to our church, please pick up a gift at the Connection site in the back of the sanctuary after worship. And please fill out your friendship card to get on the mailing list, sign up for activities, and for prayers and concerns or notes for the staff. Enjoy the service. There's only one little announcement I have. Can you imagine that? And the announcement is this, that um, the Boy Scouts are having a dinner in a couple of weeks, so if you see some of them running around and you want to have one of, well, hopefully not running around, but, but out there and around and about. And you'd like to come to their Italian night dinner, which is a great dinner. We'd invite you to it. Let's take a moment and turn ourselves over to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this morning and we pray your blessings upon us. That you might fill us with your grace. That you might wash into this place with your Holy Spirit. That we might experience the living God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Hear these words from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 3 through 10. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rests, also rests from their works, just as God did from his. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
Terrific job, ladies. I'd like to invite you now, if you're able, as we're going to stand to sing together our opening hymn, When Morning Gilds the Sky. Take a moment, if you will, and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Spirit. The children are welcome to come on up now if any of the kids want to join me. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm real good because there's no snow on the ground. I like that. You hate it. You on a snow day, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't like snow days. Snow days are work for me, yeah. But anyways, I want to talk to you about something. Do you think everybody looks the same? You know, some everybody has the same length hair, same color eyes. No. Do any of you wear glasses? Yeah, I wear glasses. When I was a kid, they used to call me four eyes because I wore glasses. Did you know that? I hope they don't do that anymore, but they did, yeah. Because people thought I looked funny because I wore glasses. But, you know, so what? I wore glasses. Some people wear glasses. Some people wear pants. Some people wear dresses. Some people put a ribbon in their hair. Some don't. Some people are tall and some are short. Some are wide and some are, are skinny, right? Some are, some are smart and some not quite as smart. Some people can climb and some can't. Have you ever noticed that? It's like there's all kinds of stuff that are different. You know why? There's two reasons. Because God likes variety. He likes to look down and see different people. And the second thing is because he wants us to work together. 
So we don't all have the same ability. We don't have the same stuff. Because if we did, then we wouldn't need each other. But because we all have something different we do, we need each other to be able to do everything. So God did that on purpose, okay? So just go out and live the way God made you. And you're blessed because this is the way God wanted you to be, okay? What are you thankful for this morning? If you want to share something, raise your hand. Family and friends. Friends and family. My sister. My family and friends. Family. I'm happy to have a family that will take care of me the right way. Friends and family. Anybody else? All right. Lord, we are thankful for all these blessings you give to us, our family, our friends, and the good things in our lives that make our life go. Thank you for making us different and giving each other for our love and care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys can all go out to church school now. The children are welcome to go out to church school. To invite all the youth and youth leaders to come forward, please. We had, we had a wonderful retreat this past weekend. Um, it was a blessed time. Throughout the weekend, they drew closer to one another, closer to, to God, and um, closer to the Christian adults that were there who dedicated their time to the youth. And I personally am thankful for your support of the youth ministry. It's making a huge impact in the lives of these youth. Uh, we have a few of them who'd actually like to share with you a little bit. Let's start with... Um, let me just start out with, life is hard. It gets rough. Trust me, I would know. Sometimes life does that. I'm not saying that as a good thing, but I'm also not saying that as a bad thing. Sometimes our hearts get broken. And this happens, when this happens, we feel no one's there. But there is, it's God. You probably hear this a lot, but it's true. God never goes anywhere unless you want him to go. After the retreat, I realized that God has a plan for us. He doesn't do it automatically, but he will eventually, even if you're really old. <laughs> God gives us signs, and we have to listen hard and look hard for them. People always say that this always happens, but we have to believe it does, and we have to know that those signs are real, and it's him. The retreat was a fun, everlasting experience. There was crying, fun times, and serious times. We're all different. We have stuff we love, and we have stuff we don't really care much about. <laughs> As you can probably tell, the retreat saved my faith. It made me a braver and stronger as a person. Just think about it the next time someone brings you down. Go to God. He's thinking about you and wants you to be with him. He loves you enough to kill his only son. He would have done this even if it was just for one person. Be, be you, spread your wings, and find him. 
Trust me, he's waiting for you. He found me, and I chose to go with him. Now it's your turn. Hello? Hello? Oh, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, I didn't get time to prepare like a speech, so I'm just gonna like do as the kids say and let Jesus take the wheel. But I remember a couple times in like service, PT would talk about like a time called Kairos and like Kronos. And I think Kronos being like a long time. Yeah, right? And Kronos is like the time that we do in our regular lives and that can like build up stress. I remember Kairos being like time when you can just like have a relaxing day and just let all of that go. And I think this trip was like the best example of Kairos. Like when we were on the trip, there was like no negativity, no outside noise stopping us from connecting to our faith. It was just like so like spontaneous and like magical. It was like crazy because like I felt like we were in a bubble and like we were just like, it was so clear and like, I don't know, I can't explain it in like words. It was just so clear and nice. It was the most connecting I've ever like felt to God. I was connected with my friends. I felt like it just relieved all the stress I've had throughout the year. And it's just, I thought it was the best there was. And that's what I'm thankful for, connecting with my friends and God. I, I did not have any time to plan a speech, <laughs> kind of like him. So um, I'm thankful for having all of these adults and leaders who have been able to help me come here and make this all possible. <laughs> it is to have such a wonderful youth group with such really, really amazing leadership. We all need to be thanking Pastor Sherry and all the folks who've come up. I had the opportunity to talk with Sue Russell, actually rather at length on Thursday, and she is the person who directs um, all of the activities and whatnot down at Camp Asbury, which was where the retreat was. You guys gotta hear what she had to say about you. Um, she said that it was just awesome. She said you guys were respectful and wonderful to all of the kitchen staff and all of the other staff. She said you guys were so terrific, it, just in terms of the way you were praising God and the way that you were conducting yourselves. Um, we got a lot to be proud of here, folks. Um, these kids are being brought up in, in the Lord in a way that is just amazing. She said, wait, the last thing she said was, like, like you want to do it at a campsite? Okay? She said, they left the camp cleaner than they found it. Yeah, she was real, she was real blessed to have you guys there. So... Now, you know, in the, the United Methodist Church, we want to take care, we take care of our kids, we take care of our youth, we take care of our young people and our young adults. That's not just true in this country, it's true all over the world. Um, in this nation, we have built, as, as a church, the Methodist um, uh, denomination has built hundreds of colleges and universities and seminaries. And since the gospel has spread throughout the world, we have begun as the United Methodist Church this wonderful place called Africa University. And you're going to find an envelope in your bulletin there. If you would like to, and you're feeling led by the Lord to support this university, it is for bringing up the young people who are in Africa, who are going to be our leaders in that part of the world in the coming years. 
So we're going to bring all of our gifts, tithes, and offerings before the Lord now. We do it as an act of worship and a blessing. We are blessed with our kids. We are blessed with all God has poured into our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings before the Lord.
Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day that we may have the opportunity to gather together and worship you. Lord, we lift up all of our gifts, our tithes, our offerings to you. You are the one who gives us everything we have, who makes us everything we are that is good. Lord God, we just ask that you would bless this offering. Give us wisdom to know how to use it best for the furtherance of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, especially for this offering for Africa University. We ask that many, many, many young people would grow to know you, would grow to serve you, would grow to share your gospel throughout the world. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. As we come to our time of prayer, um, of course, we all have uh, requests for the Lord. We all have things that are on our hearts that are troubling us, and we have joys to lift up before God as well. We have just a couple of them to voice out loud for all of you. We're um, in prayer for Janice Spedding, who had a stroke this week, and she's in the hospital right now. Um, Sally Reed's family, uh, we want to keep her in prayer. Her father died um, this past week. And we just got word that um, Lauren Butel is having some complications after the surgery he had in December. And he is actually meeting with the surgeon right now to try and figure out what to do with that. And so they have asked us for our prayers um, that, that there will be healing in his life um, and in his family. So with these concerns and those that are on your hearts, we're going to turn to the Lord in prayer. You're welcome to join me from your seats or up at the rail. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning knowing that you know our needs before we even ask. You know those things that trouble our hearts, and because they trouble us, they trouble you. Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name for you to be with us and help us to pray. Help us to know how to pray. Relieve us of all of those things that trouble our hearts as we lift them up to you and place our trust in you as you take them from us. Right now, Lord God, we pray for all of those people who are sick and infirm. We ask that you would touch them with healing and make them whole from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet. We ask that whatever their needs are in their spirits, their souls, or their bodies, you know best, Lord. Touch them and make them whole. Draw them to yourself. We pray for those, Lord God, who are grieving losses. We know, Lord God, how hard that can be. Some of us are going through that immediately right now, and some are still remembering those losses that have occurred in the past. Lord, we just ask that you would bring comfort wherever comfort is needed. We pray, Lord, that you would help each and every one of us as members of your body to be your comfort to be your hands and feet and your voice that brings your love and your peace wherever we go. Help us, Lord, to help our brothers and sisters in Christ 
as they deal with the burdens of this world. Help us to encourage them to lift them up to you. Help us, Lord, to reach out to those who don't know you, to share your love and your mercy with them, that they would know that they can seek you too. Lord, we pray also for those folks who are suffering from the after effects of all kinds of disasters in this world, whether they were brought on by human beings or just by nature, Lord, especially we're remembering right now the victims of the families, too, of, of the victims of the avalanche that happened. We just ask in Jesus' name that help would come. We pray not only for those immediate needs, but also for those that have happened a while ago that sometimes just because they're not in the news, we forget about it. Lord, remind us to pray. Remind us to be concerned for those who are having troubles that we cannot even imagine. Let us know what you want us to do, Lord, to be of help. Now, Lord, we pray for our governments. We pray for our nation. As our leadership has changed in, in so many different ways, we just ask that you would make each one who is in office to have a heart that is willing to be open to you. Help them, Lord. Guide them by your spirit. Let them be willing to hear and to see what you have. The kind of wisdom that only you can provide. Help them, Lord. And help each one of us, Lord God, to be an influence for good, an influence for you in our neighborhoods, in our communities, our schools, our workplaces, Lord. Let us be your example, shining your light wherever we go. Let it be said of your church that we come in love, in grace, and in mercy. Let it be said of your church that we have the wisdom of God. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name as we continue to hear your word spoken and songs sung and offerings of praise and worship lifted up to you, that we would be transformed into the people you intended us to be from the beginning. We know that there is nothing of ourselves in our natural state that is any good. It's only the good that comes from you. Lord, we ask that you would bless Pastor Tom as he brings the word that you have given to him for us. Let it be a blessing to him and to us, and let all of our worship be a blessing to you, Lord. That is why we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord?
morning's scripture lesson is from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the word of the Lord. Is that one short enough for you, Tim? <laughs> or in other words, the seventh day, God chilled. God just took a break. So there's not a lot to talk about about the seventh day, but I got a whole sermon for you, so we'll figure something out. What do these people have in common? Carlos Sim Pilu, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Mark Zirkenberg, Larry Ellison, Bill Gates, Michael Bloomberg, Amanecio Ortega. These eight men, and they're all men, are richer than 3.5 billion people added together. They're wealthier than half the population of the world. Just these eight guys alone, which, by the way, doesn't say how much money they have. It says how little money the 3.5 billion have, by the way. But they have a lot of money. Let's take the, the poorest one, Michael Bloomberg. He's just got a mere $40 billion. Kind of a poor fella, you know? What if he came to you one day and said, I've decided to give you all my money. Just want to give it to you. What would that do to your world? What would that do to your perspective on things, to the way in which you live out your life? What would you do different? Would you work the same work? Would you work the same job? Would you work at all? What would you do with your life? If somebody gave you $40 billion, God rested from his words. Because he saw that they were complete. As we heard in Hebrews, it says, and yet his works have been finished. Since the creation of the world, everything we ever needed, we could ever imagine wanting, all the things that provide us with life, love, joy, and happiness, everything we need, God gave it to us. It's actually worth more than $40 billion. It's everything. God made everything, and it is complete. There's not a thing that we can do to add to it that will make it more. God did it all. It's done. Sometimes we don't even have a concept of just how amazing God's creation is. We have to step back from our regular life and all the things that we make, which, by the way, men make things in straight edges, to look at the things that God makes without the straight edges. So we're also looking for little-known travel tips in western New York. Has anybody here ever been on the Buffalo Garden Walk? The Buffalo Garden Walk. Hundreds, not dozens, hundreds and hundreds of gardens you can walk through this spring all over Buffalo. And you know how much it costs? Nothing. It's completely free. These people went and did all the work, made their gardens beautiful, just so you could come and look at it. How cool is that? 
And a lot of people have never even done it. Amazing gardens. I understand that the Buffalo Garden Walk, I believe, is the biggest one in the nation. In the nation. And it's here in Buffalo. And it's given to you for free. Just as God gives to us all of creation, and there's not a thing we did to make it happen. God just gave it to us for free. And God gives us a lot of things for free. We call it grace. We're talking about the, the keys of the kingdom, if you will. Those secret little things that we can do, that if we could find the keys and unlock the way, we'll be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Where God's grace and God's amazing power changes and transforms our life. God's grace, God's love, God's forgiveness of our sins, eternal life promised to us, and all this creation we live in, God gives it to us for free. It's a gift. But so many people can't see it. It's hidden from them. I think it was a little over a year ago or so, there was this thing came out called Pokemon Go. Anybody remember this? Now, Pokemons, if you had the right program on your phone, you could catch them. They were everywhere. They were even on our church property. I'd come down here and find, find teenagers wandering around our property catching Pokemons. I went through Batavia one night when this first came out. There had to be like 300 teenagers roaming around out in the, 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 the fresh air, talking to each other. I played it with my grandson. We'd go and do Pokemon Go because I thought this kind of thing was a lot better than sitting in a little room doing this kind of thing, right? But you couldn't see it. You had to know the secret. You had to have the program. You had to go find them and unlock that secret. Grace, for a lot of people, is like that. It feels like something that's out there but we just can't figure out how we obtain it. And part of the problem is, is because we actually are trying too hard. In the book of Ephesians, it says to us, by grace you've been saved, through faith. This isn't from yourself, it's a gift of God. Not by your actions, because it's not about boasting about you, it's about boasting about God. I was driving one time out of the Mill Valley Road out near Springfield. Not from over, but I don't know. And as I'm going along, all of a sudden, I see sculptures just like everywhere. I don't know if you've ever seen this place. It's called the Griffith Sculpture Park. It's hundreds of acres with just sculptures, metal sculptures and other kinds of sculptures just coming out of the ground. Some of them are hidden in the woods. You'll walk along and there's a bug or something like that. There's things everywhere. Some of them are tall, some of them are short, some you can sit on, some you can climb on. Mr. Griffiths made this park. You know how much it costs to get into it? He actually has a little spot where he says, if you've got some money and you want to give me five dollars, that would be great. Five dollars? That's, that's not even, that's not even, that's five dollars. But you don't have to. You can go there for free. How many of you have ever been to Griffith Sculpture? Oh, wow, a few of you. 
Just share with me your joys and your stories about what's working, what's not working. I just like to hear about it. You don't have to stay long, an hour, an hour and a half, something like that. That would be really cool. Would you be willing to do that for $40 billion? I bet you you'd be willing to do that for $40 million. Maybe some of you wouldn't think that's very much. I, I know it's kind of a measly amount of money, but I probably would do it for $40 million. I would visit somebody one day a week for a little while to tell them what wonderful things are going on and celebrate life. And we think, well, obviously we do that for 40 little pieces, 40 billion pieces of green paper. But God has given us everything. All of it. All of creation. Everything we ever needed. And he asks us to remember him. Take a little bit of time, once a week, to reflect on what God has done in your life. Our problem is, you see, we get so caught up in that, that six-day living, that chronos time that Brandon was talking about, that we forget our need for our kairos time to get away with God. So sometimes we take a retreat to get away, to take a moment apart. And sometimes we need to get completely away from our world. So I've got, a, I've got another travel tip for you. It's actually named after a biblical region. It's called Zor. Anybody here ever been to Zor Valley? What a cool place. It's got streams and, and, and falls and cliffs. It has old forests that are so old that no one has ever cut them. Which isn't true of most of our forests. Most of our forests at one time were clear from farmland. And so what's left are just little stubby trees compared to these ancient forests. You can go to Zor Valley, you can walk, you can hike, you can have a picnic, you can have a day, and you know how much it costs? It's free! Absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a thing. Amazing. Are you picking up the theme, by the way? Are my batteries dead, by the way? Sounds like. Sounds like my batteries are dead. <laughs> That's okay, because God gave me a voice. I can preach, buddy. <laughs> God made everything we ever need and needed. <clears throat> and our problem is, is that we misunderstand what God means by Sabbath. Sabbath. 
You know, years ago when I was young, you weren't allowed to go shopping on Sunday. Anybody remember that? You just like literally couldn't do it. And the place where I got a cottage at Silver Lake, they wouldn't let the trains run on Sunday. In fact, there was a time that there was so much nothing to do on Sunday, you might as well go to dumb old church because there's nothing else to do anyway. <laughs> right? We turned Sabbath into something we thought we were doing to earn God's blessing. But that's not what Sabbath was meant to be. In Hebrews, it says to us, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from His. The Sabbath is meant to feed our understanding of grace and help us understand what God intended for us to be. So the first thing we learn from the Sabbath is we're not God. When we come to worship God, we come to remember we're not God. Because in the rest of our lives, we start to think everything's about us. It's all about us and about those we know or care about. And the whole world responds around that. And nothing else exists except for our needs and our concerns. So the writer of, of Genesis said we need one day to keep holy. Holy means to remember God is God. God made everything. And we're just people. Just peeps the same, each and every one of us. In the book of Galatians, it says to us, In Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. All of you are baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female. You're all in like Christ Jesus. Leave that up there for a minute. Because sometimes we need to put this into a modern context. There's neither Christian nor non-Christian. There's neither workers nor bosses. There's not men better or women better. We're all peeps. Every one of us. Created by the same God. So we come to remember who we're not. To take a moment to be holy and remember who God is. Now it says that we're supposed to take a day of rest. That doesn't say that work is bad, right? <laughs> because it says in Exodus, six days you'll work and on the seventh you rest. I don't know about you all, but six days work is a lot of work. If you've got to work six days a week, that's not exactly a lazy pattern. It's not work one day and take six days off. It's work six days and take one day off. His work's important as well to God. It's a reflection of who God is. And the Sabbath helps us to get a perspective even on our work. And remember, the work is just us reflecting God. He created the world. He wants us to create and add blessing and grace just as he did. It's a gift from God. That we're supposed to enjoy. Work with Jesus. And doing the things that God created us to do. Should fill us with blessing and hope and rest and peace. As you live into the purpose God made you for. You know Jesus talked about it. In the book of, of Matthew. Where he said. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened. Anybody feeling weary and burdened? And 
I will give you rest. Take my yoke, or that's the oxen yoke. Take my work, my work upon you, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, because my work is easy. My burden is light. If you're feeling like your work is too much of a burden, either you're doing too much of it, or you're not doing the thing God created you to be, or you're not embracing what God intended for you to be. See, the truth of the matter is, is all too often, our problem gets back to that comparing. How do we measure up against someone else? We're so worried about the way God made someone else and the way God gifted someone else. In the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 12, it talks about the gifts God gives us. There's different kinds of gifts. It's the same spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same kind of work. And each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for what? Common good. God gave each of us some special, unique set of abilities that makes us different and essential. Because we can't do it alone. None of us are gifted enough to do it all. We need the gifts that God has given to other people. He made it that way on purpose. Because God wants us work together, live together, love together, and be together. Our problem is we don't live that way. We live in such a sense that we keep comparing to other people. We keep worrying because our gifts don't seem to be the same as their gifts, and people say their gifts are better than our gifts. And so we get frustrated. We end up with envy and anger and disappointment and we start to feel less than and little by little we find ourselves in an angry little shell looking at the world and trying to just figure out a way to make it go away or destroy it yeah. so we end up like this
sorry for ourselves because we don't have what somebody else has. It's not fair. I'm not as smart as that one. Not as attractive as this one. I can't influence as easily as the other one. <clears throat> Why can't I speak in front of people like this one? Why can't I get the school grades that that one gets? Because what we're doing is we're trying to fit our lives into society's little box. Old little things that people told us that if we could just measure up to that, we'd be okay. But God already said you're okay. When he created you, he said that you were very good. He didn't say you were deficient. He didn't say you were neurotic. He didn't say that you had some psychological dysfunction or you weren't intelligent or you weren't tall enough or you weren't short enough or you weren't skinny enough or you weren't wide enough. He didn't say that you didn't have good eyes or that you couldn't hear well. He didn't say that you had the right gift or the wrong gift. He simply said, this is awesome. Now if we can take all these pieces and put them together and get them to work with each other in love, then I will have done something very good. You weren't meant to have everybody else's gift. We have a weird society where we actually even value the things that, that are the least common. I used to talk about Antiques Roadshow. Now my wife wants me to watch this thing called American Pickers. Anybody watch this Pickers show? This thing drives me nuts. They go out and they find a bar and it's like, hey, we're just weird old side that nobody wants. I'll give you a thousand dollars for it. I'm thinking, are you out of your pipe? There's a reason that side is in the bar because it's junk. It's no good. It's garbage. Just what are you crazy? Well, it's rare. We start to think things that are rare and things that are unusual. Those are the valuable things. That's not how God sees it. God actually gives those rare gifts to a few people because we don't need a thousand people to sing a solo. <laughs> we don't need a, a, a thousand people to be able to do some of the things that we think are outstandingly amazing. We only need a few of those. We don't need a thousand people to be brilliant. But we need billions and billions of so God said the three greatest gifts are faith, hope, and love. Nothing's more important than these. And all of us are given those gifts. And all of us can use those gifts. See, if we start living into the box that God wants us to live in, we'll find that is the whole of creation. And God will do incredible, blessed things in our lives. <clears throat> That's what this writer is trying to tell us. Sabbath is about remembering that everything was a gift from God. And all we do is live in the playground, the garden that God created. But we don't like gifts. They make us feel obligated, you know? If some guy gives you $40 billion, you're going to feel like anytime they call, you've got to jump, right? And you probably would be okay with that. God gives us this amazing gift called grace, and we say, no thank you, because we're afraid we might be obligated. The obligation is an obligation of love and gratitude for the amazing things God has already done for us. We struggle with this. I was playing Pokemon Go with my grandson over at UB. There's a lot of Pokemons at UB. And we're down by uh, the cell light, 
LaSalle Lake is, is an artificial lake they made where they finally took those old ruins that were over on the south campus of Amherst and put them to some use and put them in the middle of a lake. That's what they did. So as we're walking around this lake catching Pokemons, I came across this boat thing. And so I went up to the lady and I said, how much to take the boats out? She says, you, you, you can't rent them. I said, oh, they're just for students? I said, what about alumni? <laughs> So really, go, go, pays me a month. She said, well, actually, anybody can take a photo. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> anybody. It seems to be like, they're just like free for anybody. You want to, you want some little, little lonesy? You want to go out on a boat ride? Just go from UB in the summertime. You can take out canoes, you can take out rowboats, you can take out those little, or those things, uh, kayaks. You can take out all kinds of little boats and just go around the lake. How cool is that? For free. They have Adirondack chairs. You can sit and watch the other people. But it doesn't feel right, because I should pay for it. You see, God just wants to give it to us as a gift. This passage in Hebrews really messes with your idea of Sabbath, because we think Sabbath is something that God established years ago, and it's something we do as once we think, and it's about worship and all this. And he says, there's a day that's still to come for a lot of people. Because they didn't accept the day before. And the day is called today. The day is called today. Ah. He says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Because today is the day. Today is the day that you change it all. How many of you felt the shift when that boy got up with the crutches? I mean, before that, you wanted them, right? I mean, seriously, didn't you want to slap that boy around a little bit? I know I'm not supposed to do that, but you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You wanted to. Not that you would, because that would be inappropriate, right? But, but you wanted to. And then all of a sudden, you went, oh, oh, I now see what I didn't see. That's what God wants you to do with your life. He wants you to shift the paradigm. Stop living for this broken model that our culture hands to you that will only end in failure as you find out you don't have all the gifts, you don't have all the abilities, you will never measure up to be good enough for everybody out there. There's nobody that ever gets that. Instead, shift that paradigm to being what God wants you to be, grace, and accept the gift that he's willing to give you. Just for the receiving of it, it's already done, it's finished. Billions of dollars will not make it complete. Michael Bloomberg does not feel complete. Nobody does. We all know we come up somehow a little short because we weren't made to do it alone. What will make you complete is when you lift into the life that God already made for you. Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my work upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. Because my work is easy. And my burden. 
coming to God and remembering He's God. The secret of the kingdom is in grace. Remembering that God has already given you the gift. All you have to do is receive it. So we come and we confess whose we are. So that we can be blessed to be what He wants us to be. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, I have failed. I don't live for what you want. I listen to the wrong voices. I worry about what other people think. I worry about measuring up to something I'll never measure up Forgive me, Lord. Help me to receive your grace. Help me to receive your love. Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paradigm shift. It's not about confessing the little things we've done wrong. It's about remembering who we are. God already loves you. It's finished. You made that decision a long time ago. He's just waiting for you to come by and visit and tell him what great things are going on in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven.
On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood. The blood of the new covenant poured out for you. It is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us again. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, I, your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Holy Father, now and forever. Shall we pray together with God, as Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven,
something that I said in the sermon. That makes me feel like I've succeeded in what I do. We all want to succeed. There's nothing wrong with feeling good about what we've accomplished. I hope you're all a success. I hope you all become rich. I would really make life easier for all of us if we're all like billionaires, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is God has already made you wealthy. He's already given you everything you ever needed or could ever really, truly want. Live it for the blessing of God. You receive the gift. It's free from God. It is grace. It's love. It's wonder. It's creation. Wow, live as you believe.